On today's episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Watchable, we talk about some of the movie news that's come out over the last few days relating to the two movies we're going to talk about today, which are Morbius and the movie X. We also talk about the sad retirement of Bruce Willis. All that and more coming up right after this. You need a doctor? I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. People all over the world have my disease. I'm here. To find a cure, we have to push the boundaries, take the risks. If you're gonna run, do it now. Party, pal. It's the good, the bad, the watchable. Nicely done. First take, Boyle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was Nick Boyle. Mark DeSisto on here. I'm Nick Rojas. Movie podcast. Yeah, you know the drill. We haven't done the episode in about a month, so kind of resetting thing as we move past the Oscars and into the rest of the year. You know, see what oh, we why have. Why are we left. moving past the Oscars? Because we lost again. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh man, Shush. I even I Shush. honestly forgot to include that in the script. But shout out to Dual Redundancy. We appeared on their episode a few weeks ago. Predicting the winners of the Oscars we lost. We got to watch Dear Evan Hansen. So we got to pay that up soon. Uh, guys, thoughts on losing for yet again? The millionth I'm, time. I'm kind of disappointed. I thought we had him this year. I did too. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Boyle, I'm just tired. Boyle's just tired of it. <laughs> just tired it's, like, of it. it's like every year we are Charlie Brown and they are Lucy with the football. And we Yes. We're gonna That's a get- great way of putting it, dude. Yep. Only every time we, instead of like landing on our back, we're watching something painful for two hours. Cats. This one's going to, this one's going to be really bad. I think this is the, this is going to be worse than cats. I think I really do. This is going to be our second musical in three years. I'm very excited for this movie. Just a personal. Oh, boil. And I get to host. Which is yeah, that's true. Exciting. That is Casa del Boyle. Can't wait, mate. Dear Evan Hansen, we got to recreate the picture. That's an important part of it. So uh, we all know the picture I'm talking about from Dear Evan Hansen. If you haven't, look it up. Um, so let's start. Let's start off the show with some sad news here. It was announced that Bruce Willis uh, will be retiring. Um, he. It turns out he was diagnosed with aphasia. Um, it is a condition that causes the loss of ability to understand or express speech. Um, so just a, we're not going to get too much into the sad story surrounding Bruce Willis over the last few years. And, you know, even on this show, we were talking about how many terrible movies he was in like last year and last few years, not realizing he's probably trying to cash a few more paychecks before he hung it up, uh, and set up his family. But, uh, guys thoughts on, uh, Bruce Willis's career and any favorite Bruce Willis roles. Mark, let's start with you. I mean, uh, Die Hard was one of my favorite movies of all time. I watch it at least once every year it's iconic john mcclain um might be you know a little too mainstream you know everyone's gonna be like oh like that's your favorite no it's true it's iconic it's proven to be uh you know it's withstood the test of time great role um i'm also a big fan of him as the overseer in unbreakable it's um part of that trilogy with um split and mr glass um the first installment 
It was, I think it came out around 2000. I really liked him in that role. I thought it was great. And then when they brought him back uh, for that third movie, I thought he was good in that too. It was nice to see him bring the character back. Um, so those are probably my two, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him in the fifth element. So that, that's going to round out my top three with Bruce Willis. I love that. Boyle, what, characters. About you? what about you? What are some of your favorite roles? <clears throat> um, well, I'll, I'll just start off by saying that I also think he's just an amazing actor. He seems like an amazing person. Um, I feel like kind of have grown up with him a lot. Um, he's just like the dad, you know, like when I, when I watched movies with my dad, we watched a few of his growing up and, um, you know, I'm just, you, you gave acknowledgement to a lot of the movies I'd say Mark, but in addition, um, he, he has a lot of like little roles or like other random movies that I really enjoyed. I'm just going to shoot these three out there, but Armageddon, um, I loved that movie. I just, you know, I really loved his performance in it and his role and um, as well as the kid. That was something I grew up with. And um, I just I just loved his wholesomeness in that movie. Uh, and also a little spin. He's got a comedic side and it can be fun in movies. Um, you know, cop out, not a great flip film, but it's watchable um, with Tracy Morgan. But um, the, the ones that I wanted to mention was the whole nine yards and then the whole 10 yards. I really like those movies and yeah, Mark, I'm glad you like those too. Um, dude, like, I just think he did a great role in those. And those were like some of the, when I was a kid, like growing up and, and teens and stuff, I remember watching those and be like, these are great movies. I like thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, those are my shout outs for him on top of obviously Die Hard and stuff like that, that, you know, Unbreakable Glass, like you said, Mark, Moonrise Kingdom, he had, you know, those little performances, but um, what about you, Roas? Yeah, thanks for mentioning um, Before you go, Roas, I do do want to say his comedic timing is good. Like uh, one of his lesser known films that I watched on Netflix recently, I think I mentioned it on the pod, like two episodes before, but uh, Hudson Hawk, where he's like like a cat burglar. Mm-hmm. And like it's like he's being serious like almost being like killed you know uh, high level thefts but he's got like these great one-liners just like little quips it, it's good uh, Boyle you'd probably enjoy it again it's on Netflix from yeah. like the 90s uh, I gave it a watchable it was decent but like mm-hmm. kind of like what you said with, with the whole nine yards like he's good with that stuff yep yeah I, I, mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say I watched Hudson Hawk um as part of my bad movie podcast, how did this get made back in 2013? I want to say, uh, eight years ago. Not, oh God, nine years ago. Um, even though it was a bad movie, he's so charismatic in it. I had to give it a two out of five because he just makes it watchable. I want everyone to not right now, but maybe as you're listening to this, go to your letterbox profile and check how many Bruce Willis movies you've seen. I guarantee it's more than you realize. I guarantee it because he was someone who just kept popping up. Um, movies that I want to give a shout out to is, uh, no, Pulp Fiction, I mean, what a role in Pulp Fiction. I mean, he's the whole middle part of that movie. I mean, Zed, Zed is dead, babe. Zed is dead. Um, he's su- su- such an awesome uh, character in that one. Um, big shout out to him in the movie The Last Boy Scout, just playing like almost like an extension of like John McClane if John McClane was like even more jaded. Um just like that was like such like a like I felt like such a quintessential Bruce Willis wisecracking cop role and uh, you know for my last shout out I I have to mention this as part of the Rojas family his 
cameo, extended cameo appearance in Ocean's 12. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I mean, people have got to see it. I mean, playing Bruce Willis is just fantastic. He's great. He shows up. You're like, oh my God, Bruce Willis playing Bruce Willis here. Um, yeah. So Bruce Willis, um, he'll be missed from Hollywood, man. He will be a night. Hope nothing but the uh, best for him, his family and for him as he uh, goes through this tough time right now. But any final thoughts? Oh, also uh, the sixth sense. Oh, of course. Yeah. No mention the sixth sense. I just looked it up. Uh, so I've seen 31 Bruce Willis movies. Wow. 31. I've seen 17. Like less than you, but still way more than I thought. Like you scroll down on Letterboxd. Yeah, and like, it's just like it's all faded out because I've seen so many of his movies. Uh, yeah, you scroll down like his 17th row. You're like. Armageddon, what a classic. Yeah. Perfect Stranger with Halle Berry is like way down there. Like he's got just so many like random movies like that are wait a hard kill. Like, yeah. So Bruce Willis, uh, let's, let's quickly move on. And, uh, Mark, this will be kind of like for you and I, Boyle would like to get your thoughts on this just real quick. Um, after his performance in X, Kid Cudi is now joining John Woo, famous director there in a action thriller called Silent Night stars Joel Kinnaman, who's in it as a, um, a father on a mission to avenge his young son who was tragically caught in the crossfires of gang violence on Christmas Eve. And so it's one of those revenge movies. Uh, but Kid Cudi landing another role here. Uh, Mark, I felt like Kid Cudi, you know, he's been acting since How to Make It in America uh, back on HBO like 13 years ago. You know, when he's put in the right situation, I feel like he's like a he's like a pretty good side character. Uh, you know, so what you what do you think? I'd agree with that. Uh, good, good role guy. Like, you know, he, he wasn't the main character. He didn't have to do too much of the heavy lifting. Uh, but when he was on camera, when he was the main focus, I thought he was good. Uh, delivered his lines. Well, manners never felt like forced. Like it wasn't like, like kind of like the awkward kid at the party, like says something like kind of out of place. And then everyone just kind of moves on like never a moment like that. I thought he, he was smooth, fit right in, and kind of everything just went well for him with the amount of scenes that they had him do. Because he didn't do too much in X, but yeah. it worked. I thought it was great, and I'm excited to see more of him. Yes, and I really hope casting people really like put him the, in the best position to you know, shine. I, in terms of movies of his I've seen, I've seen three. Um, but, uh, you know, cause some of them are very poorly rated, but I always appreciate when he shows up. Boyle, Kid Cudi, thoughts on him as an actor? Um, <clears throat> I mean, the past two things I've seen him as an actor wasn't great, but hey, g- I'll give him a chance. Whatever. I don't know. I, I, I got to see X to then really, I guess, get a better sense of it too. But, you know, from the two small roles he's had in other movies, it's like, all right, you know kind of those were more like cameos i I wouldn't say that i've been able to see him like really act act yet right right yeah i mean yeah if you missed uh how to make it in america then he's been in some movies the last few years that are few or far between moving along to another movie that we're going to be talking about later morbius now morbius the news came out this weekend i mean for those of you that don't know morbius this vampire marvel movie not technically in the mcu more of a sony pictures marvel movie not more of it is a sony pictures marvel movie it's about a blood-sucking vampire that is a anti-hero and its first weekend box office hall was 39 million it was projected to make 40 million just for context 
Let There Be Carnage made $90 million a few months ago, back in 2021. It had a budget of $75 million, which is $35 million less than both Venom movies. So just to give you a little bit of context here, it's not doing so well in terms of critical reviews. It's got a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes famously, but it's it, it has a cinema score, which is that kind of like word of mouth after people see it, what they rate it of C plus compared to B plus for both Venom movies. So, you know, what are we thinking about uh, this kind of word of mouth and buzz for Morbius in this box office, uh, you know, after its first weekend? Boyle, as someone who hasn't seen it, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I'm just more... I'm not surprised because this has been delayed so long when you start getting delayed as long as this movie has been, we're talking like Mark has mentioned before in our text group, like new mutants, like this is, you're delaying it for too long. We now know it's going to be bad. People are at this point, like we're not coming to the theaters for it. We're going to wait till it comes home and then we'll watch it. And then we'll give our real review. Um, especially when you have the first couple weeks of people going to see it and nobody's ranking it good. I mean, you can't come back. You can't come up from here. And it is what it is. Um, as a fan of just Marvel, obviously, um, I'm excited to see it just to see it. I know it's going to be bad. I'm not expecting anything. I just want to see like, all right, so what's the point of this? And what's everyone talking about? And be in the loop, I guess. Um, whether I do that in the theater or at this point, just wait till it comes home. We're going to wait and see at this point because I missed it for the pod. So now I don't feel like I'm in dire need to rush out and see it. I know I will see it. It's just a matter of when. Mark, $39 million. Are you surprised by that? I was kind of surprised by how much money that made. But um, Yeah. Yeah, I am surprised that it even made that much just because the pre-screening reviews were terrible. Like before it got released, it was getting like flooded. Like besides like the actual like terrible reviews. There was a couple uh, five star reviews going around that were clearly sarcastic and absolutely hysterical. Um, so I saw you liked one on the, Letterbox. I was cracking up. Yeah, they were like, "Yes, like this is cinema. cinema. This is Jared perfect all star performance." <laughs> yeah, um, the curse of Jared Leto lives on. Um, him and comic book characters seem to just not mix at all. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what stinks too is I liked the trailer a lot. I was like, you know what, this this could be good. I thought that maybe they were going to move in a slightly less campy direction, kind of get this like a little more horror, especially with the subject matter of Morbius being the living vampire, uh, as described by the comics. But yeah, I, I don't know. People are allegedly seeing it just so they can trash it. So maybe I'm not too surprised that it made the money it did, but not great. It's such like a, like, I'm trying to think of what tier character Morbius is. Like, you gotta, like, I didn't grow up with the Spider-Man cartoons, but I know he's in that. I didn't grow up really reading Spider-Man comics that mention Morbius at all. I think the casual movie audience is much more hip than we give it credit to that, you know, they know this isn't an MCU movie, so didn't have the desire to go. And yet $39 million of it went to that, which, you know, it's so much, but I hope, I hope it's not enough that this garners a sequel or that Sony realizes maybe they're not great at this. I don't know, but man, like it seems like they're just trying to set up something like a sinister six 
series that we just don't want. But 39 million, I, I am willing to bet that the box office this week is, I'm going to say, less than 12 million. Because I think the word Oof. of mouth is on this is bad. I haven't heard word of mouth on a movie like this in a long time. Yeah, seriously. This is like, like I'm getting no redeeming or positive reports from people who have actually gone and, and seen it. I don't think this word of mouth was this bad on like New Mutants. No, New Mutants was like, New Mutants was like, yeah, this is this is trash. But it, yeah, it seemed like you know with expectations, kind of everything, and it, that was delayed even more than this. And yeah. there was reshoots involved, and like production nightmare, whatever, yada yada. But even that didn't get trashed as bad as this is getting trashed. No, maybe I mean, it's the Jared Leto effect where people just like to trash him. I think if this stayed in January, it wouldn't be getting as much publicity for being trash. So they kind of did it to themselves a little bit. Like they had, did, would they have made way less money if this was released in January? I mean, you got to think about think at so. that point. Yeah, I, no, I, I think so. they. I, don't I mean, COVID so. was pretty, like, was scaring a lot of people away from theaters at the time because it was so high. But thirty nine million versus what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in their eyes, taking much more bad publicity for fifteen dollars more was worth it. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, let's Mark. Let's quickly give our review of it. Um, Morbius, just to give a summary for all of you, biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently, oh no, infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. Dun, dun, dun. Starring Jared Leto, uh, Tyrese Gibson, Matt Smith, Adria Arjona, Jared Harris. The cast uh, is good. Al Madrigal. Yeah, it's a good cast. Um, look, Mark. Uh, I'll just get my quick thoughts. And and this will come as an apology to Boyle. I always told Boyle for years, there's no such thing as a setup movie because setup, a setup movie would mean that there is no beginning, middle, and end or any kind of character development in a movie. It's literally just establishing who a character is, not a, maybe a what or why, but just who a character is and just setting you up for a second movie. And I said, Boyle, that's impossible. Every movie has to have some kind of character development and plot and story. Well- I think I'm wrong for the first time in my life. This movie <laughs> is literally just telling you beat by beat, this is Morbius. He's a vampire. There you go. I, it was, yeah. I, Mark, we don't have I to do agree. separate things on this. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, let, let me, I don't mean to interrupt at all. No, it's, but yeah. I mean, it's so blatantly in your face like structured kind of like checking off the boxes, boxes like yeah. okay origin okay like blah blah Backstory. blah like yeah and, <laughs> love but, interest and it's all father it's all figure weak. like the plot weak writing weak like yeah it's, it's not a lot makes sense like they're just doing stuff to check to a box it. I, it almost yeah mark, mark correct me if i'm wrong didn't it feel like every actor was just like each take was like the first take they had of each line yeah, like they just read it. <laughs> then, they, then they do it like, all right, good, we got good. it. Oh, wait, really? I thought we were just rehearsing. Like, no, 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 we're good. Next scene. Oh, okay. Like, it was just like, it felt super mailed in. So and, it did. It felt it mailed in. And like, uh, I don't know, I did not care about a single thing that happened in the movie in terms of like stakes, pun not intended with a vampire thing. But when certain deaths <laughs> happened, I was like, okay, I've had two scenes with you. And there's like another scene where someone dies and you're just like, 
you were just there. Like the editing in this movie. I don't know if yeah, that stuck I, out to you. No, the, the, ed- was no, so the editing was bad. Um, there was so much CGI too. And it's like, why? Like a lot of the CGI didn't make sense. Um, yeah. The, like, yeah. No zero character development. The no why is completely He's, missing from this movie. Un, everyone un, is the same unless, person. Like, you see it as a setup movie because otherwise there is no why. I think I, I mentioned it to you guys or someone else. Like this entire movie could have fit in like the first 15 minutes of a like Sinister Six movie. And that would be, that would have accomplished as much as this one hour. And yeah, this, minutes this could have been a half hour long. Yeah, it really could have. Do you feel like there was like, do you, do you feel like you know Mike, who, who Michael Morbius is more after watching this movie than you did before? No, no. I, I know the exact same amount like from the trailer and like maybe reading like a quick Wikipedia paragraph. It's it's wild. So, uh, Boyle, again, you've mentioned that you, you know, hearing how bad it is hasn't exactly gotten you to rush out to see it. Um, I don't know. We're, like, is, is Morbius something like as a comic book fan, do you've kind of like been excited for years? Or you just kind of like, wow, there are some people that are very excited for his character. <clears throat> I, on the other hand, don't even know who he is. Yeah. So I'm like, this is one comic that I'm just like going into just expecting, like, tell me who he is. Cause I, I really don't know besides what I've seen in the trailer and mm-hmm. that's it. And I, and he seems irrelevant and not a huge person. I think he, he, he seems like a Hulk. Like he seems like he can fight when he needs to, but he's really more of a brains and might be more smart and stuff. But like, that's just the comic version of him that I know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to look like in the actual movie. Um, Again, I I just don't care. I I, I don't know what his purpose is coming into the MCU and hopefully it's explained. I'm going to say my, this is my final thought because we've spent too much time on this already. We really have vampires are so easy to make cool. There's so many good vampire movies. So many, so many good ones. The stinks. It's bad. You got to be pretty bad to make vampires like disinteresting and boring. This is, it, this is boring. Yeah, it was boring. I, my final thoughts, I fell asleep for 15 minutes during the middle of the movie. I think it was like right before Tyrese meets up with Morbius and I woke up and Matt Smith, was had the thing in him, so I missed that entire window. Mark, just to give you a background, and uh, you missed nothing. I, yeah, I woke up seven minutes into my nap. I was like, ah, don't care. Fell back asleep. But uh, my final thought is the theater I was at, the X Plus at Showcase in Warwick. Excellent, thumbs up. I mean, if you're lucky enough to be near like a Dolby Atmos theater, whether that's AMC or whatever, you already know the deal. But the sound in that theater was incredible, and the colors on screen. Uh, with the laser projection, awesome. So shout out to Showcase. Hashtag not an ad. I gave it two out of 10, Mark, uh, from Morbius. Um, I, I gave it the exact same score. Uh, one star out of five for me. Mm-hmm. Technically two out of 10. It was for sure a movie. Yeah. I've seen much more offensively bad things. Yeah. Uh, they, like this, this just, it just felt mailed in. This didn't like offend me. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is like. Worse, like let's let's transition to a much better movie and and boil one that we definitely um, lives up to the hype and one that we recommend to our listeners. X, it's a 2022 release, R rated, an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. Uh, this was 
written, directed, and um, I believe edited by Ty West. Uh, you know, at the end of the credits, you kind of see, yeah, you know, the big like written, directed, and blah 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 by Ty West. So this is an Artur movie, if you want to call it that. Uh, Ty West is uh, known for making kind of indie horror movies and indie other uh, just movies in general. This stars a pretty solid up and coming cast of people: Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Brittany Snow, Kid Cudi, Martin Henderson as Wayne. And Owen Campbell is RJ. A few other people um, as side bit characters. Um, some people play multiple roles. Mark, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Bark, a much better movie-going experience. We saw this in theaters as it should be. Uh, what stuck out to you about X? You know what, Roas? I was excited for this. Uh, trailer, cast alone. Uh, the previews for it kind of showed what filming style they would use and a uh, a 24 fan of so i was like you know what yeah i'm interested but i didn't have that high of expectations and i think this exceeded them um i thought the cast the casting was great i thought every person in their role was good i thought they were great with their character never really like kind of broke. Like there was nothing that any of the characters did that kind of made me like scratch my head so much that it took me out of the movie. Right. I thought the plot was good. I thought the twists were welcomed, but I'm going to say that what stole the show here is the cinematography. I thought the way that they chose to film this was the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. uh, What do you think as well? No. And just to provide context of what you're saying is they kind of filmed it like it was almost shot in 1979 uh, with a little bit of like that grain to it and that warmth to it to make it feel like you're in Texas. Uh, very cool. It honestly like it makes you forget you're watching a movie that came out this year, which was so cool. Um, so yeah, this was this was shot in New Zealand, which is pretty cool and but not something you would notice as you're watching the movie, but it's pretty cool how they're able to make it feel like you're in the American South there. Um, what a, like I mentioned the cast, Mark. Like some, I we got some some people in this movie that I think ten years from now we're kind of like, wow, they're all in this movie. That's pretty cool. I mean, I really liked you know Jenna Ortega. That's you know someone who, if you watch you, she was in season two. She was in the most recent Scream movie. Uh, you mentioned it, I think, in person to me. She's an up and coming Scream queen. Oh, uh, really? Um, Mia Goff. How about this? Did you know this? Pregnant with Shia LaBeouf's uh, kid. They're, they're having a kid together. Didn't know that. Yeah. Kind of almost Didn't makes sense. That. Can I say this about me, God? Yes. Uh, I hate to be this guy. I thought she was the LVP of the really? movie. Really? I, I did not think that uh, she was the best. Really? she's She's been in um, a few kind of quirky movies. Cure for Wellness, Suspiria. Uh, I, to me, she had like the, a good look for this movie, you know, like she I had that she was good, but I thought everyone else was better. I think the MVP of this movie, Mark, uh, for me, the other note I want to mention Martin Henderson as Wayne, I thought was excellent. He's the director guy. Um, mm-hmm. he was, he was great for those of you who don't know. He's, uh, he's kind of like the, he runs a strip club and he's appears to be producing and, and, and financing this adult film. Uh, but he plays like that, just that perfect kind of sleazy guy that you kind of like, but you kind of know he's at the same time kind of sleazy. He just toes that line 
just perfectly. And, uh, you know, Ty West in an interview I listened to talked about how in the audition, he like, he got exactly what Ty West was looking for, for that role. Uh, but yeah, no, just talking about the movie. Cause I even, I didn't even give my review yet, but uh, this, I thought going into this, you know, 824 March genre movie, I thought, oh man, this is, you know, I'm very excited for this. And this was this, I was very happy watching this movie. It was, it, it builds up the characters so well that you care about them so much that when the, you know, the heart, the more typical horror aspects of it kick in, you have like an actual attachment to these characters, whereas so many horror movies go wrong. They're just, you know, what? they had, they had the okay. right amount of patience getting to the, the horror portion. Like mm-hmm. the buildup was the right amount of buildup. And created, and, Where, and they were good at creating tension throughout the early parts of the movie that you didn't feel bored at all. You're like, oh, it's, you're right. You, they made you think, like, all right, like, here, here it comes. Like, it, it's going to start now. And then, uh, oh, uh. nope. And then but when it, it does, it was you're the like, right balance because it didn't make you wait too much. Mm-hmm. And then when it, uh, then when it kicks in and, uh, yeah, then it kicks in. I thought the editing was fun too with like the way this movie starts. Think about the opening scene. You, you start at the end and then you, Work your way to and it. That, yeah, that made I thought that made it uh, much more enjoyable too because it kind of gave you something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. You're like, when is like this part going to happen? When's like this yeah. part going to happen? Okay, Based I on know, the clues, I know something happens here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, man, I now we got to couch this by saying this is, movie is not for the faint of heart. I mean, on one hand, it it is a pretty scary movie. There's some pop out elements to this for sure. Um, it's based on people making an adult film. So if you have some kind of sensitivities to that as well, maybe not for you, but if you are kind of like into that genre uh, of, uh, you know, like uh, what's, you know, just kind of like that kind of like those, I, you know, horror adult, like kind of kind of tendencies, you'll get a kick out of this movie. Yeah. Let Um, me, let me say this to build off what Rojas is saying too. Um, It goes farther in like both those directions than you think they probably were going to, at least for me, mm-hmm. based on the trailer. Like they went real deep into yeah, the it's a dirty aspect. Movie. And also, yeah. yeah, like this goes, it's welcomed. It was good. Like it worked for the movie, mm-hmm. but just be prepared for that. Like they, yeah. they, they get it, it. There's gore. They're a lot scarier than I thought it would be, but also they play into the, uh, the adult filmmaking part a lot more than I thought they were probably going to. Yeah. Not look, there's some movies that you see with the family around Christmas time. This isn't one of them. We'll just leave it at that. Um, For me, I originally gave this movie a six out of 10 and then I bumped it up to a seven out of 10 because a few days after seeing this movie, I was thinking about it more and more and uh, I really enjoyed it. So seven out of 10 for me, Mark, what do you, what would you rate it? I initially gave it a seven. And I'm going to stick with it. This is a hard seven. It was like, this isn't the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I'd welcome a rewatch. And I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. This is like the, a very hard watchable. Yeah, I'd say so too. And if you're going to see this movie, got to be at night, got to be at night. You know, whether you see it at home or in a theater, got to see it at night. Definitely a watch with friends movie too. You'll get a good kick out of it. Um, this movie just delivered, man. It just delivered. It's, you know, so that's X. Boyle, you'll have to see it, man, and uh, report back to us. This is Cookie and Kristen. And okay, Oscar time. I got four wrong. You got two wrong. Um, probably one of your best runs in a long time. 
And we didn't get a chance to see the Oscar-nominated shorts this year, I and know. you got most of them right. I just, I don't know. Winging a prayer. You Bon Jovi'd it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, pretty boring night. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uneventful. Okay, it happen. Yeah. yeah. So, the whole weird. Chris Rock thing, we're not going to talk about it. We've already discussed right. it. It's none of my business. It's okay. none of my business. Yeah, whatever happens, happens. It's done. I can't Anyways. speak on it. So whatever. But I will say this. The show, the opening with uh, uh, the, the three hosts, the ladies, mm-hmm. it was kind of funny. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. actually laughed a few times. There was mm-hmm. some funny stuff going on. Yeah. Um, there, There is some stuff that goes on during the show that if like the one thing with the COVID test, when she was saying all these yeah. actors are not, you know, she's testing them for COVID. The whole let's just say, thing, if you uh, let's just you know, say that she should be almost glad that she was upstaged by something bigger. True. Because I you think know, people would yeah. be talking about that. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is a double standard. A hundred percent. And but, anyone but not is, acknowledging it is it, a double standard, but it was funny. I laughed. Funny, but sh- I don't know. Cringeworthy we, funny? We shouldn't, if if women don't want to be touched mm-hmm. like that in a public space. I mean, she, she did touch. Uh, I'm sure it was already done, you know, they, everybody discussed. knew it was going to happen. I, I know. I but thought it was we funny. we would be uncomfortable if a woman was touched like that. Josh Brolin got, you know, basically patted down and Yeah. You know. I mean he enjoyed it, I'm sure, but uh, still it's just I don't know, it's a double standard that we I need just, to be careful. But the thing of. is though, you talk about what's going on, like what's taboo nowadays, yeah. double standards, what you can and can't do. I, I don't know. So So yeah. Comedy's comedy. And that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. All right. All so right. all in all. Uh, the movies were so ecstatic that Coda won. So happy. And we're happy that it won for original screenplay. Was it adapted screenplay? It won for a screenplay. Yeah. It won for, and, uh, um, the actor Troy, Troy for, for mm-hmm. actor in a supporting role. Which, right? a, no, he wasn't supporting role. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Cause Will Smith won, uh, actor yeah, in, a, uh, yeah, in a lead, lead role. role. Yeah. Troy won, uh, and the movie won picture of the year. Yes. And, you know, that's what these award shows are for. I mean, outstanding acting. Mm. Outst- you felt his emotion and he didn't say a word. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I'm yeah. glad they recognized that. And the movie, again, just the way it was acted and, and that, you know, people were drawn to it and it was it was such quiet. A movie. Such a it good was movie. a quiet movie, but there yeah. was so much emotion. Yeah. So I, I'm glad it won. Yeah. Really that happy. Made, the, made me happy. But now, Power of the Dog. Ugh, this Just, dog had no power. You this know, movie was, I'm but sorry. It, it didn't win as much as, as people had thought it would. And then Dune racked up all the, you know. Visual, visual effects. And cinematography and, and all those other things. Which, you know, you which know. I said... Very pretty to look at, and I know someone on this podcast is going to be angry. I just found the story so boring. I'm sorry, it's just dull. It's setting it up for the next one. Well, it's a it's a bunch of them, and it's just like give me a break. I got to sit through more of this stuff. But, um, uh, Fifty years, Oscar. I mean, uh, excuse me, Godfather. 
Yeah. I was a little pissed off. The montage included uh, the one that like yeah, Godfather why 3. do they even bother? Include that. No one. You should have just shown it. Godfather. I know people look at Godfather one and two as one movie. I get it, but there were two separate movies. That's yeah. a sequel. It's it's, it's yeah. the only time a sequel right. won Best Picture. Okay, so and it's but just, fifty years just since of the, the original, which came out on March fifteenth, nineteen seventy two. Anyways, but just, so wait, you mean twenty years to the day? Before the magical yeah, with Nicholas Ross was born. Exactly. So crazy. Imagine that. An Oscar nom- an Oscar winning movie coming out in March. You know? That's crazy. Like, what comes out in March? Garbage. Anyways. Um White Man Can't Jump. It was good to see uh yeah. what's his face out there. You know what I mean? Um Wesley. Wesley um, Snipes, yeah. yeah. And um uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Yeah. So Rosie. And Rosie Perez. Um, um, I don't know. It was, it was Liza okay. Minnelli stole the show. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> why did Why did they do that? I don't know. Anyway, they literally rolled, rolled her, out. her out there. Yeah, I just God bless her. Seventy seven. Anyway, seventy six. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, that's also another fifty years, right? What? Since Cabaret came out. Oh, what's that one? Which I can honestly say I've never seen. I have Mm. no desire to see. Uh, Let's do the jazz. All right. Uh, All in all, it was a good show because we love the movies. We love the movies. And um, And we enjoy trying to watch all all of of the nominations. Yeah. And And we watched a lot of movies. We watched watched over 60 something percent this year. Not our best year, but still pretty good. But we can say in all honesty which is kind of sad and i it this makes me sad to think about we saw them all from our couch yeah we didn't get a chance to go to the movies we've gone to the movies yeah. maybe one hand five yeah. times in maybe the last couple of years yeah licorice pizza a little disappointed didn't win you know no, in some categories, you know, that it was nominated it was for. A, it was a, a good movie. movie. Good story. Screen I'm glad that, good. you know what? I'm glad it was in the in the conversation yeah. to get people to go see it. I think it should That's be a good. movie people should go see. It's a yeah. fun movie. It's a fun movie. Fun movie about really nothing. Anyways. All right. Bye. All right, bye.